Welcome to Craft Conversations, where I craft a conversation and I talk a little bit about craft beer. I am your host, Brian Dales, and on this week's episode, we had Yaden Smith, local podcaster here in Somerville. I think we're one of two people that are actually doing a podcast here in the local area. He came on eventually, finally. We got in touch with him, and uh, we had to cancel a few times, but finally got together, and man, what a great show we had. I think it was very influential, interesting, and fun, to be honest. So we talked a little bit about uh, craft beer, obviously. We talked about podcasting, blogging, running, triathlons, inspiration, motivation, all those good things. And I think it went very well. So enjoy this episode. All right. Yeah, you too. There we go. So yeah, we're on, man. How you doing, Yaden? I'm doing very well, Brian. How, how many how many months have we been trying to do this? Um, I was 10? thinking about that today. Yeah, it's been, it's been quite a while. Yeah, we've been trying to get together and things just keep happening. You had to cancel. I had to cancel. So, but I knew it would happen eventually. Because y'all started y'all started craft conversations when? You know, I get asked that question was all it the time. February and, of last year. Yeah, somewhere around there, February, March time frame. We started about the same time. Yeah. Right around, like, oh, we're, we both have a podcast. Right. We, ought, we ought to collaborate or something. Yeah. What got you started with podcasting? I knew that question yeah. would come up, and I've been thinking about it all day, and now I forgot yeah. what my answer was going to be. <laughs> but uh, really, it was, um, you know, I had a partner, Caleb Choir. Yeah. Um, you know, Wait, did. you have the suck button turned off for, for my voice, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. I'm just making sure. Right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we started... Um, like I say, February, March of last year, whatever, and Caleb Choir kind of came up with the idea. We just, we would sit at like places like Homegrown mm-hmm. and other breweries and stuff, and we would sit at a bar stool and just have a conversation over a beer. And the idea came about, why not start a podcast having a conversation over a beer? So that's kind of what we did, and we Craft built this conversations. table. Craft Conversations. He came up with the logo, you know, which we have here with the tulip glass and a, uh, a microphone. I love, I love the logo. <clears throat> Yeah, he came up with that. I actually bought, had to buy that from him, the, the name and the logo, to continue doing the craft <laughs> conversations. So, you know, that's business, right? But, um, yeah, but we just, we would sit and just have conversations and talk about just bullshit while yeah. drinking a beer. And we said, let's make it into a show. And nice. we'll invite other people on to talk about bullshit while they're drinking a beer as well. So <laughs> that's kind of what we made it into. And then uh, when we separated and kind of split ways, um, I started doing a lot more solo type stuff, but I still, you know, I'm kind of getting back into the guest aspect of it. Right. Um, I kind of took it into a solo direction and just did my own thoughts in my own head type thing. I still drink a beer during the show, but um, yeah, I'm trying to get back into to having people like yourself. You know, the the moniker originally was interesting, influential, and fun people from around town. So I think you fit that bill. Interesting, influential, and fun people. Well, two out of three is not bad. <laughs> right. Yeah. The fun part's quite not, not quite there. Yeah. You have to. Uh, you have to talk with my kids about how fun I am. I'm fun as long as um, I say yes. Right. Dad, can we have a kind of bar? Um, we we already had one today. Right. Oh, you never let us eat anything. You know. Yeah. Right, you're starving them. Oh my gosh. Today I had uh, three, we have four. William, 11, Phineas, 8, Eleanor is three, and Oliver is six. I realize I didn't go in order. Yeah, I was going to say. You know, bouncing around I guess she likes one better than the other. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yesterday, my wife Jessica, she took Oliver, no, she took Eleanor to Botany Bay. Okay. Down at Edisto. And I had the three boys with me, and we went around and did you know business for the day. And today she took Phineas, eight year old, down to. She tried to go to Botany Bay, but apparently they're closed on Tuesday. Okay. So they went to just Edisto Beach State Park, and I had the other three. And so that's where Botany Bay is, down toward Edisto. Yeah, Botany Bay. Okay. It's about an hour drive, Edisto. It is all the Instagram photos that you see of like the driftwood and the shells on the beach. Right. It's more than likely that's where the that's where the photos are from. Right. Or Hunting Beach, I think, is another one. Hunting Beach is another yeah. It's because those beaches they have very strict you cannot take anything off the beach mm-hmm. rules. So the driftwood stays, the shells stay for the next one next person who visits the beach to see. Right. So Good policy. Yeah, she went to down to Edisto today. I had the three with me and this afternoon we just so for those of you on YouTube I just came from the country, uh, Jedberg Farm. We were splitting wood. Nice. Like actually with an axe, or you had a wood splitter? So we had a wood splitter. My dad and my uncle, 
growing up, I, we would split wood with my grandfather. I remember splitting wood after Hugo. Of course, right. a, a, everybody did. Yeah, a live oak tree fell down in my grandparents' yard, and you know, live oak tree is like, I don't know, five feet in diameter. Mm-hmm. So it was all we could do to wedge these under the hydraulic press to, you know, pop them open. Yeah. But Dad and Foster, they found this. They found this wood splitter. It's not hydraulic. It's a fly. It's flywheel driven. So it's this flywheel that spins. Okay. And then when you engage the flywheel, it the like fist part jams the wood against the splitting wedge, and it's it's ten times faster than a hydraulic splitter. It's like bam. Yeah. So you can literally split a truck bed full of firewood in an hour. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. It still work. <laughs> yeah. But it's super But you had fast. no axe at all, so you didn't get no. any kind of workout at all. Well, we have to lift them up onto the thing. There you go. So that's so, lifting. Yeah. You know, rolling and lifting. We were out in the country splitting my son Oliver. He helped us stack the wood in granddaddy's truck. And then we raced back into town. Awesome. To be here. Well, I appreciate it. Let's yeah. ask you the same question. How did you get started with the uh, Somerville Advice Givers? Well, I got started with... Somerville advice givers because I wanted a way to I wanted a way to meet people mm-hmm. that didn't have anything to do with real estate, which is the industry that I'm in. I'm like, what could I do to you know uh, make a connection with people and give them something that legitimately is something of value? The joke is a realtor, a vegan, and a CrossFitter all walked into a bar, and everybody knew about it within 30 seconds. Right, you know. Realtors are notorious for, oh, you know, here's my card, here's my card, etc. And I thought, what could I do that would really actually help me build relationships with people that I could help business owners and help people get their message, spread their message further? And podcasting is basically talk radio on demand. Sure. And as we were talking about before we push record, anybody with a microphone can anybody be a podcast. Do it. I mean, literally, anybody can do this. Yeah. And it might since, not always be lucrative or whatever yeah, the, the, the goal yeah. is, but you can get your voice out there right. for sure. And so I wanted to I wanted to offer, you know, influential. What was the other one? Interesting. Interesting. And fun. And fun. You know, I wanted to highlight thought leaders, business owners, uh, community figures, nonprofits. I wanted to give them a voice to share what they're doing in the community for good. Right. So we interview, you know, we interview the whole spectrum, right? Nonprofit yeah. attorneys, uh, musicians, artists, authors, to give them to give them a chance to give them a platform to share what is going on, what they're doing for good, and to give them to increase their visibility and credibility too. Because you know, anytime somebody's published, whether it's audio, visual, or in actual print, it raises their credibility. Yeah, that's. That's the whole thrust behind Somerville Advice Givers because there is so much good stuff going on in Somerville and business owners are very good at running a business. Sure. But oftentimes, they just don't have any time to, they don't have any time to create a piece of media like this. Right. And even, you know, even if you're doing print and things like that, you just can't really get the essence of a person, I think. So to have them sit down and actually have a conversation with those people and get to know the business owner versus exactly. just some canned exactly. questions that a, that a newspaper is going to ask or whatever, and you got some quotes in there. You can't really get to know the person. You There's, read something in black and white. It's not the same thing yeah. as hearing them share their story on how they got to where they are. 100%. So that's yeah. how we got started with Somerville Advice Givers. And actually, we're coming up on, I think this is a year that we've been doing it. We are at, we have, I think, 44 episodes. Okay. So, you know, we, we missed a few weeks over the past year, but every week with very few exceptions. <laughs> yeah. And we've done the same thing. I say, I keep saying we, you know, it used to be me and Caleb, but uh, Caleb and I, Caleb and me, however you say it. But um, yeah, we started off and I don't know what your schedule is, but we started off releasing a show every Friday and mm-hmm. then we got so far behind at one point that, you know, we would do an interview with somebody or a conversation with somebody and um, it would be a month or so later before we could even get the episode out because oh, yeah. we were so far behind. Yeah, you have so many lined up for release. Right. And you didn't have, you couldn't talk about relevant uh, 
the current topics mm-hmm. because by the time it released in a month, month and a half later, that was already over. So I, we I, couldn't promote point. stuff. We couldn't do <laughs> yeah. anything. Um, and we wanted to try and help people promote events and promote projects and promote websites and whatever businesses. Uh, so we went to two a week, which is Tuesday and Fridays. And I've just kind of kept up that same there you go. Uh, routine now. So I try and release one every Tuesday and Friday. Is it always every Tuesday and Friday? No, I miss some. And I'll recycle some shows um, mm-hmm. that works. You know, everybody does that. TV, movies, whatever. They, they recycle <laughs> reruns. episodes, reruns, you know, May sweeps, whatever the thing <laughs> may be. Um, so I don't know. What's your schedule? Do you do one a week? Do you do? We, we, our goal is one a week. Okay. We release on Tuesdays. Tuesday mornings at 6 a.m. is when they drop. And at one point, I think I was about 10 weeks out. Yeah. And that got to be too much. It's like, I don't want to do an interview and then go through the process of doing some editing or forget something. And then, you know, it, what we were talking about is no longer relevant. Right. You know? Same thing. Yeah. yeah. If we're talking about something in June and it's not going to release till September, it's like, well, that's the rest of the summer. Yeah, you know, yeah, I was doing a disservice to people. Yeah. yeah, so now I try, I try and not have more than four weeks of content scheduled for release. Okay, just because then I can stay on top of it. So we try and we try and do interviews. Uh, you know, we try and batch everything and get interviews done, and then we do the editing and release them. I right. say editing. At the beginning, I had to do a lot of editing. Yeah. <laughs> now I now. Well, you've also said we a couple of times. So is it is somebody else besides you that is involved with this? So or? well, the, the the ones who are involved with me are my sons. Okay. So William and Phineas, um, teaching them how the system works. Right. And really, just you know, what, how does a soundboard work? The how does the sound get from the microphone to being recorded? You know, equal gain, uh, volume. What happens to it? USB, the stuff in GarageBand, all that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. So use GarageBand. Yeah. 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 So I'm not, I'm not on. Our platform Apple, is but. our platform is GarageBand, which you know, we we use. I've been using GarageBand since it was developed. Uh, I'm looking for a good Chrome system to work on Android because I've recently switched over to Chromebooks, which okay. I love. Yeah. But I haven't found one yet, so. I still have my Apple laptop sitting on my desk for the purpose of podcast recording. Right. And that's what's changed here. We, we were an Apple podcast, and now I'm a Mac. Or not a Mac, a, a PC. <laughs> a PC. So, um, yeah, I, I use Audacity to do my audio, which I could probably do it. Um, I think when Caleb was with me, he was using um, Audition Pro, I think, okay. you know, through Adobe. Um, I still use um, Premiere Pro to do my video editing and add the audio to it. But the audio, I do Audacity. So, And that's kind of why I wanted to get together with you and kind of you know network and see what you're doing mm-hmm. and what I'm doing and kind of see if we have some uh, some better ideas to where we can do things better, different. Now, well, I know when you started, when we were first talking, all this is just raw, unedited, unfiltered, just bam. Well, it still just, is. It's out I, there. Yeah, I, I which, don't is, edit which is anything. great. I, I piece it all together, but I cut nothing out. So I used to, if you say something that you don't like, I'm sorry. It's, <laughs> like it's going to stay tough. in. You sign the waiver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did sign it. So, like, whatever I say, you have the freedom to use. Right. I, I had one episode where my guest paused so much mm-hmm. that <laughs> that one took me a lot. Because yeah. I literally went back through, and after each sentence, I would cut out the three seconds down to half a second. Yeah. Because it just like just it, it didn't flow very well. Right. I can see that. Now, I, but I've, I've never I've, been afraid of the silences, but but I can see if it's the entire. It was, it was the whole thing. I'm like, okay, yeah. I got to fix this. I right. got to fix this. But now, now I, now since I've been doing this and editing for a while, now it's a lot better. I don't have to do any editing after. I can just kind of not edit on the fly, but it's like, okay, you know, pause right here because I can tell you're not ready for the next segment right. in our show. So, you know, let's re, re regroup. Here's what's coming next. Because, you know, a, a business owner, they want to sound professional. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't mind sounding like a buffoon because right. I just don't. But I want our guests to have something that they're proud of that they wouldn't mind you know, blasting out to their entire audience. Absolutely. It's like, hey, I was just interviewed on this uh, podcast because I'm awesome. 
You know, you, aren't you glad you have me as your chiropractor? Yeah. Or aren't you glad you called me for your uh, locksmithing services? Mm-hmm. Whatever. So I've gotten better as, as it goes along. And the boys, they're, they don't help as often as they used to because now they, they understand. But Right. And they get gotten bored with it. Yeah. You know, they're 11 <laughs> and 8. Yeah. What's, what's new? Right. Right. They, they'd much rather play Legos or play with their Nerf guns outside. Yeah. Right. So what was your niche when you initially started? I mean, did you have uh, a niche that you wanted to hit or did, did you just want to hit everybody, any business owner in town, any professional? Our niche is is Somerville pretty exclusively. Okay. We're not, yeah, the I mean, name. we're not looking to interview the mayor of Charleston, not looking to interview somebody from the River Dogs, you know, that sort of thing. It's like, I want to stay focused on Somerville. And really when I got started, Honestly, I thought of, you know, connections that I have, like, really, like I said, like, who would be good at a podcast? Who would sound good at a podcast? Right. That was my first thought. Who would sound good over the air, so to speak? But really, it, it has grown to, now, you know. I'm going to have to edit that out. There's too much silence. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, somebody, eh, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but it's like, you know, we're probably not going to have an interview with somebody selling Tupperware. Why not? I mean, we might. You know, I used to I have, love Tupperware. Just to interject for a second, but I used to have that conversation with Caleb all the time. I'd recommend, because I was kind of the, the guy that booked all the guests. I, yeah. I, I would go out and hobnob and shake hands yeah. and, and get people to come on the show. And um, I would recommend somebody to Caleb and he'd be like, ah, I don't know. Do you really? Do they have anything interesting to say? Are they? They're kind of boring. Oh, whatever. I mean, I think everybody has and something I would, to say. Yeah, I would tell him yeah. it's our job to make them interesting. Right. I mean, that's what we're here to do. You know, so they oh. might not be interesting <laughs> at all. Some guests that I thought, oh my gosh, this is going to be such a good conversation. Yeah. Wee. <laughs> right. I'm like, you, you're killing me. Do you still post them? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I still post them because just like you said, it's like I want my folks to look good. Yeah. And so it it is more work. To engage in the conversation in that in that recording, right? It's that old saying, like pulling teeth, or right. whatever. Yeah. He's like, but I really want them to have something good that they can share with their audience, whoever their audience is. Yeah. yeah. But and then some folks, and I'm like, mm, I don't know about this, and it's a slam dunk, All right? Because really, the the goal of my podcast is like, who are you? How'd you get to be doing what you're doing? How'd you get there? What's your story? And what can you share with us from your perspective? That's going to be helpful right. for living a better life. You know, uh, a, a orthodontist talked about teeth. Surprise, surprise. Yes, Britt, we all know that brushing is important. Right. The uh, criminal defense attorney talked about how you handle yourself at a traffic stop. Very interesting stuff. Right. And I kind of like that. I like that, uh, you know, yeah, you can Everybody's have... Everybody's an have, expert on something. Yeah, you can have somebody on that owns a coffee shop, but do you really want to talk to them the whole podcast about coffee? Yeah. No, that's why we... No. I just want to have a conversation. And whatever comes up, comes up. It doesn't have to be about coffee. Yeah, we'll touch on that, obviously, because you want to promote that. But um, I like to hear what people are doing otherwise. Mm-hmm. Not the standard um, expected stuff, yeah. you know. Yeah, my, so. the thing that I'm really excited about right now that I'm a part of, it's something called Impact Club. Okay. It's this it's this nationwide organization. You can find it online, impactclub.com. Never heard of it. And, I'll um, look it up while you're talking about um, it. I'm working to develop a chapter, a live chapter here in Somerville okay. with, the, with the founder of that organization. Picture this, right? So think of Shark Tank, right? Right. Or a, a venture capitalist group where you go in and you pitch your, here's my idea for a tech company, here's my idea of the better mousetrap, and I want funding for it. Think about that for nonprofits. So every quarter, there's a group of us. I'm part of the virtual impact club because we don't have an actual physical one here in, in this area. Every quarter, there's about 100 of us in the virtual network. We get together. And we hear a pitch from three different nonprofits. Because ultimately, if you're going to connect with somebody for business or for donations or anything, it's it's all about the story. It's all about what's their story and how can they communicate their story with excellence to connect people to it, right? Right. So we have three nonprofits that basically give us a pitch. 
And it's a winner-take-all system. Every member of Impact Club votes, and you vote with a hundred bucks. Okay. So, so every you put quarter, your money where your mouth yeah, is. you put your money where your mouth is. It's like okay, these. So we have three three nonprofits that that pitch what they're doing, and everybody votes. Like I think these guys did the best presentation, and then the winner walks away with a check for ten grand. Because everybody's chipping in a hundred bucks, right? Hundred members, hundred bucks. Yeah. yeah. And then the the really there are no losers because even though the the two who didn't didn't get the money, they don't walk away with any money. What they do walk away with is our goal is how can we help you nonprofits craft your story better so that when you're talking with the next person, a single person who can write you a check for ten grand, you're gonna crush it, right? So it's kind of a mentoring. Yeah, exactly. It's not just like, thing. okay, who's our favorite? We want to give them money and, you know, sorry, the rest of you don't get anything. Like, how can we help you work on your story and your communication to to connect better with people? I love it. I love it. I'm working to, uh, I don't know when I'm going to be able to try and connect with the founder, but I'm working to connect with him to try and get something like that here live. Yeah. I think that'd be awesome. Right. Well, I got their website pulled up, so I'll take a look at it. Yeah. You know, after we get done or whatever. But um, sounds very interesting. Sounds like something I'd be interested in for sure. Yeah. Impact Club. That's what I'm really excited about. On a uh, impacting Somerville. Okay. You know, business is business. I mean, business is. I say business is business like it's nothing. But really, if your business is not impacting people for good, then what are you doing? Right. At some at some level, your business should be serving a need that people really have. Right. I mean, yeah, it's definitely about the money for sure. I mean, that's why you started business, I think, originally. But If you're not uh, making a profit, you're not going to be in business. Right. No doubt about it. Yeah. But if you're not serving people... You're not going to make a profit. You're not going to make a profit. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, it all works in, in conjunction with each other, right? <laughs> Synergistically. But I want to interject real quick. Yeah. This is a show about craft beer. So okay. I want to open a craft beer. What do we have? Are you able to drink a beer? Yes, indeed. Even before you go to your next venture? My, my next venture is at my house. All right. So... We're going to drink. What do we uh, have today? I'll explain it. I'm going to pour it first, and then uh, I'll talk about it. So let me get you set up. Now, now tell me what kind of glass this is. This is actually an IPA glass. Okay. It's listed as an IPA glass, and we're drinking an IPA today. Um, I know you come into Homegrown quite often, a lot of times on a Thursday, and you'll just get whatever the kick the keg is. Mostly so I don't have to make a decision. Yeah, just whatever (laughs) comes up. I have analysis paralysis with that many beers. But I know you drink a lot of uh, IPAs. Um, it seems like, from what I remember. Yes, so yes. We're drinking a Uinta, um, Uinta. Hopnosh IPA from uh, Uinta Brewing Company. They're out of Salt Lake City, Utah. They've been around. Do they use corn syrup? I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah you saw the commercial, yeah. <laughs> I was saying to myself during that show, I'm like, nobody uses corn syrup. I don't know what they're talking about. I do not know what they're talking about. So Uinta Brewing Company uh, embarked upon its mission of brewing world-class, full-flavored craft beer in the winter of 1993. So they've been around for quite a okay. while as a craft nice. brewery. Yeah. Uh, from a small, renovated mechanics garage located in Salt Lake City, Uinta began distributing a variety of beer throughout the valley and has since expanded to a five-acre campus with over 100 employees. Wow. Where, where is their brewing facility? Uh, Salt Lake City. Um, in a distribution oh. footprint right there. Uh, reaching 36 states. Named after an east-west mountain range located in northeastern Utah, many of Uinta's beer names are inspired by Utah's uh, diverse landscapes and history. Fully committed to minimizing their impact on the environment, Uinta brews with 100% renewable energy and has led the way in sustainable brewing since 2001. Uh, The actual beer itself, 7.3% ABV, alcohol by volume, 82 uh, IBUs, international bittering units, uh, our flagship flagship IPA boasts an assertive bitterness and vibrant hop aromatics. Expect notes of pine, lime zest, and grapefruit supported by caramel malts. So that's what we're drinking. <laughs> I love this on the can. Stalk us, and then it's the Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter logos. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting every time we drink a beer on the show. The the marketing, the, the artwork, I mean, just... Every brewery has a different, uh, unique style that they impose on the on the United States here, or the world, I guess. But and it says, you know, here goes well with anywhere. <laughs> yeah. So Amen. these guys are fun. There we go. So cheers. Salute. I appreciate you coming in.
12 ounces in three seconds, ladies and gentlemen. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, just a nice, easy drink and a little malty. Not quite as bitter as I expected it to be, but um, more like a classic West Coast style IPA versus, you know, a lot of the stuff they're doing nowadays. The, the New England style is the, the big craze right now, the juicy, hazy kind of real citrusy in your oh, face yeah. type stuff. Like, like orange juicy exactly. type. Yeah, this yeah. is more of a, a West Coast style. How, how'd you get how'd you get started over to Homegrown? How, um, how long you been there? Well, I What's just, that story? I've been a customer there for uh, four years. Mm-hmm. I was on the other side of the bar, <laughs> and um, I started uh, doing some work at some other breweries at Lowe's Foods at the Beer Den. I started working at Oak Road Brewing Company, pouring some beer. And then Caleb and I started this this podcast and uh caleb taylor over there at homegrown mm-hmm. got in touch with us one day and said hey i'd like to partner with you guys i like what you guys are doing as far as podcasting and, and reaching the public and talking about craft beer and i think the both of us could kind of merge my brew house and your podcast together and do something wonderful so that's kind of what i've done i've, po- I've partnered up with caleb over there at homegrown nice. So now I'm on the other side of the bar. I still get to hang out with all my same friends, but I get to drink for free now and get, <laughs> and get paid to do it. So it's a good gig. Definitely a step up. Yeah. And I've uh, you know integrated my love of music and the musicians that we have on this podcast and kind of pushed that into homegrown. We're making it car- kind of more of a music venue um, on top of, a, of nice. a fantastic brew house, you know, featuring mostly local South Carolina beers. So, yeah, it was just a merging of uh, two business ventures, really, is what it was. So our... I love, love Homegrown. Ever since Caleb opened the shop there, been been going there. As you said, Thursday is normally when I show up because 40 different beers, mm-hmm. unless I have somebody saying, here, Yaden, this is what you're drinking tonight. They're like, uh, okay, I know I like that one. I'm just going to you know, stick with that one. Right. So on Thursdays, since it's kick the keg after five, just, you know, whatever's super or low. After four, like, actually. After four. Oh, okay. Yeah, four right. to seven is the four official seven. hours. Right, so. Yeah. I'll have to come there on my way home this next next Thursday I go. So, basically, I don't have to make a decision. Right. And I get to save a little money. I mean, after trying to brew my own beer, I get it. I don't mind paying $5 for a pour, $7 for a pour of quality beer. Yeah. Because I spent $15 to have six ounces of crappy beer that I made myself. Yeah. <laughs> but... So you do homebrew? Uh, I or did. You don't I did. Okay. I got one of those one gallon, you know, Brooklyn okay, brew yeah, company yeah. things to try at our old house. We had no space, you know, small 1950s house. I thought I want to try and brew beer. I love beer, and tried it. Realized it was brewing on that small of a scale. Literally, was a waste of my time and money mm-hmm. because I'm spending like fifteen dollars just on the ingredients, and then hours on a Saturday, you know. I, I forget all the terms now, but getting the mash and the wort and then filtering it and putting it in the jug where it would ferment for the next six weeks yeah. and then put that into bottles and siphon it into the bottles and then sit in the bottles for two more weeks and then out of nine bottles from a gallon, mm-hmm. you know, two of them were actually drinkable. <laughs> Yeah. Because the other seven, you know, I'd open them, they just fizz everywhere yeah. or open them and it's like drinking, I don't even know what I was drinking. Right. So that was when it's like, okay, you know what? I don't mind paying 12 bucks for a six pack of quality beer anymore. Yeah. I'm kind of the same way. You know, I've been home brewing since I was, uh, since like 2005 or six when I started out, when I was stationed in Alaska, a uh, five gallon system. And uh, same thing, it's, it's a lot of time involved in it and you, you never know what's going to come out. You know, yeah. a five-gallon system, you know, you got maybe 55, 56 beers that come out of it. And you might have to pour all those down the drain, mm-hmm. you know, after spending an hour during the <laughs> boil and after spending three weeks for the fermentation, after spending another couple of three weeks for the right. for the carbonation <laughs> to happen in the bottle, you know. And, and yeah. if you don't start another batch the week after you start that batch, yeah, you're going to run out of beer. Right. It's like it has to be it has to be a part of your regularly scheduled life yeah. if you're going to do that. Yeah, it's on my it's on my list to get back into it right. one day. And it was kind of like everything else, right? I mean, the hard part was getting started. Once you started and got the brew process going, then it was fun. It was yeah. it was energized, whatever. But it was just getting started, just like running or or going mm-hmm. to the gym or whatever you want to do. You have to just get it started. But which brings me to another point. You know, you brought up this uh, this website. What was it called again? Impact Club. Impact Club. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you just seem to be involved in many different things i mean you're a realtor you've got this podcast going 
Um, I know you're a big time runner. Um, you're involved with uh, F3. Mm. Um, you just you got your hands in a lot of different pots, and I don't know how you do it. I mean, it seems like you're <laughs> spread thin all over the place. But um, it it seems like I do more than I do. Right. You say all that, it's I sound like a pretty awesome character, folks. I'm just I put my pants on one leg at a time. Yeah. The podcast I love because it's a way to meet people and a way to build relationships. And ultimately, I'm, I'm in business. And my goal is to build relationships with people. Right. Now, if it ever works out, and for, I forgot to mention your blog, are you doing a blog now thing type thing, right? Well, I, I, I didn't I, mean to cut you off. No, no, that's okay. I write uh, not every day. My my my, the standard, the gold standard is every day. I just with four kids and all that other stuff going on. There's some days where it's like, you know what? I just I can't do it. But I'll pick it up again tomorrow. I'm committed. So I write. I write partly. Because I want my children to be able to see a record of my life. My son, my, my second son, Phineas, who was with his mom with mom all day today, Phineas Franklin James Smith the third. And it strikes me that the only reason I know what my great grandfather's oh, name was. Well, wait a minute. Let's back yeah, up. Okay, back so, up. So how do we get to the third? Because your name so, is not Phineas. Right, my name is not Phineas. So I figured if European royalty, can you just take the first name and then smack a number after it? Right. Like, why can't I? Okay. Now, legitimately, he is the third. My grandfather was Phineas, uh, Phineas Smith Jr. Right. And that's the only reason I know what my great grandfather's name was. Because my grandfather was a junior. Yeah. So his father's name was Phineas. But literally, that is the only thing I know about him. That's it. All right. I, I don't know. I can't remember how many... I don't, I don't know how many siblings my grandfather had. I don't know how many aunts and uncles he had. I don't know what his grandfather did. None of that stuff I have. And I want my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren to be able to see, wow... My, my granddad, Yaden, my great-granddad, Yaden, he went through all the same stuff I'm going through. Yeah. You know, part of the reason, one of the biggest reasons why I wish my grandmother were still alive, she passed away. Uh, let's see. Uh, Phineas is eight. So she passed away almost 10 years ago. I wish she were still alive so I could ask her <laughs> what my dad was like yeah. when he was a little kid. It's like, this is what my kids are like. Grandmama, what was my dad like when he was this age? Right. Because, you know, we, we forget. And I can't. It's like, Dad, what were you like when you were eight? Oh, I was great. You know, I never did any of this stuff. Like, right. right. Yeah, you don't get the real story. So I want I want my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren to be able to read a, a record of my life. Not in a, oh, my gosh, my, my ancestors are awesome. But in a way that is inspiring for them. Because ultimately, technology changes, but the problems stay the same. Yeah, it's a good it's, point. It, it's all about people. You know, when I one of my first jobs here in Somerville was at Arby's. That one, that one right there, right by Coastal. Yeah. <clears throat> and I remember, anytime we would have like real problems in the store, it was always because of a person. Mm-hmm. A machine would break down. It's like, okay, we can figure out a way to work around the machine that breaks down. A person breaks down, drama starts to happen, and emotional, interpersonal conflict happens. That was really bad news. Right. Because the emotional energy flare-up, the negativity that would fill the store, that affects customers. And that pushes people away. Yeah. At Arby's, the meat slicer breaks down. It's like, let's, let's just... Slice it by hand as best we can. Right. Until the emergency technician shows up to fix the thing. Yeah. You know, we People get our back. People are the common yeah. denominator. Right. People are the common denominator. Now we have we have podcasts, we have laptops, we have iPhones, Android phones. But still, people are the, pro- are, the are the common denominator. Yeah. The problems we have are people related. And I want my, I want my grandkids, my great grandkids to be able to read about my life and say, wow, I'm going to make great granddad Yaden was going through the same stuff I'm going through. Mm-hmm. You know, this is just normal, normal life. It's a great way to look at so, it. And hopefully something that I write or something, well, a podcast episode, they'll, they'll be like, you know what? This is right. And th- this is what I want to do with my life. Yeah. You know, it, it can inspire them 
to be the best version of themselves. Yeah. So, yeah, that's and, why and, you know, yeah, the, the reason we kind of started this thing wasn't to inspire, or to motivate, or do any of that stuff, but that's kind of what it's become. Yeah. The same thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, something for people to listen to and, and maybe give them that extra oomph that they need to get out there and kill it the next day. Yeah. Whatever that may be, whether it be running, whether it be a business, whether it be getting uh, weight loss, whether, whatever. Yeah. And, you know, it's like the, the Super Bowl, which just happened <clears throat> two days ago, like the most boring Super Bowl I've ever seen in Horrible. my life. Yeah. Yet, at the end of the day, the Patriots still won mm-hmm. playing some of the most boring football they've ever played. Right. And I, I wrote about this yesterday because how often in, in business or life we're looking for the excitement or the energy, but really, boring can work just as well. Yeah, you can win with boring. You can win with boring. Mm-hmm. It's like just going through your day, going through your routine, you know, whether you get up at 4.30 to run for, for an hour, whether you get up at 4.30 to, to, to read your Bible, whether you get up at 4.30 to meditate, whether you get up at 4.30 to write, or whether you get up at 8.30. And yeah. do whatever your routine or, or is. Or noon. Yeah, or noon. It's like, you know. <laughs> That's me. I work right. nights, so I get yeah. up I get up late. Yeah. There's no there's nothing wrong with boring. It does make for terrible television. <laughs> yeah. That is that is a fact. Yeah. But but the the boring of a routine really is you can crush it in life with mm-hmm. a boring routine. Yeah. So yeah, I wrote about that. I, I want so today's been a boring day, and I'm glad for it. Yeah, I haven't read that one yet. I need to go back and look at that. So, what do you use for your podcasting? I mean, I know I, podcast, I see it on Facebook. Yeah. I mean, not podcast. You're uh, you're blogging. I see it on Facebook, but I'm not sure what. So the you're the, using. the I, I publish on Facebook because that's where the the overwhelming majority of the audience is people who are connected to me who might have some interest in reading what I write. Yeah, our age and older probably. However, once you put something on Facebook, you don't own it anymore, mm-hmm. and beyond that you don't own the platform Facebook can change any moment and suddenly there's your platform it's gone right so I I also publish on medium.com which is specific for writing I've had a subscription to medium for about a year it's it's just for writing I, I really enjoy that platform medium.com yep medium.com so all my stuff is on Medium as well, just just writing. And is that I, a free blogging site, or you got to pay for it, or what? It's it's both. There are free memberships and premium memberships. I've been a, a you know, my opinion of the internet. If you're not paying, you're the product. So I I if I have the option, I will pay yeah. on the internet because I don't want to be the product. Right. Medium is like five bucks a month or fifty bucks for a year. Okay. And yeah, I've heard of Wix, I think, and WordPress, I think, is another one. Yeah. I mean, there's some different things out there. But. So Medium, I don't know what like underlying structure they use for their website, but as a community, it's specifically designed for writers to write and share. So from them, I actually get an email every day of like, hey, here's five articles you might be interested in. I'm like, oh, what's this one? Mm, nice. Or like, mm, nope, don't have time for it to read it today. Well, does it do like a lot of other things do and they just give you articles that they know you would be interested in? I mean, do they give you some alternate alternatives? You know, yeah. like Facebook. I mean, all your oh, yeah. all Facebook. the stuff oh, you see gosh. on Facebook is all stuff that you're Forget interested it, yeah. in. If you're a Republican, it's all Republican yeah. posts. If you're Democrats, it's all Democrats. It, is, it just reinforces what you already think. Right. Doesn't give you anything to... Doesn't give you any counterpoint to your point. Exactly. So with Medium, it's different because you can, you can pick... You can change your settings at any time. Okay. As so opposed you pick to what Facebook, your are. you you like something, and bam, the Facebook algorithm kicks in. It's like, oh, he yeah. wants more Let's of feed this him stuff. More of that right. to make him happy. Yeah, yeah I, I remember reading the blog post once of the guy who literally clicked like on every single thing in his Facebook feed for thirty days just to see what happened. Okay. And it went crazy. So medium, I like you can you can change what your interests are. You know, within. They have, I don't know, 20 or 30, you know, life, growth, sports, right. technology, technology health. Yeah, yeah, all that sort of thing. So yeah. if you want to read more articles about health, it is smart that it kind of learns, it's like, okay, you have read other articles like this, related to this. So if you want to read a lot of articles on, I don't know, you know, futurist technology, it'd be like, oh, here's another article on futurist technology, whether it agrees with me or not, it might show up in my email. Right. It might be a counterpoint. Okay. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Medium. 
All right. I'm going to check it out. That's the only place. I mean, I don't have anything like Yaden's. I mean, I own the domain, yadensmith.com, but it doesn't go anywhere. It's just like 404 not found. Right. <laughs> or it might say, this domain is for sale. Yeah. I found, you know, I just don't like websites. We had a website originally, and I got, I got rid of it. I stopped paying for it. I didn't think it was viable anymore. I mean, people are just, they're looking on Instagram, they're looking on Facebook, and that's where your yeah. content goes, and I think that's where it needs to stay. But um, websites are nice, but I don't know. It was hard to maintain, and I didn't think people went there. People were looking at for for our at podcast, the social media. We have that. We just have a domain through whatever the domain system is that we use, SomervilleAdviceGivers.com. But the platform, the podcasting platform we use is Anchor. Okay. So you use Anchor. We use Anchor. I have the app on my phone. I don't actually use the app to record the episodes. Mm-hmm. I could, but. Since I have the, you know, assume not not exactly the same setup you have, but a similar setup in my office in my studio, use that and then upload it to Anchor, and so far, so good. Yeah. I really I really like the sophistic the the level that Anchor has. Yeah, I know quite a few people that use Anchor. Yeah, I use I go through Podbean as my yeah as my feed. So I, and I go ultimately there with podcast, the platform you use, like the system you use, is not as important as actually doing it. Yeah. If you spend a year trying to figure out the perfect platform, you're doing it wrong. Right. Just just record and, and, and publish. That's all you can do. I read I read Seth Godin. Are you familiar with Seth Godin? I know Seth Rogan. Oh man. <laughs> Seth Godin. No, Seth Godin, I don't know. Seth Godin. 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 He's a he's a marketing genius. Let's write that down. Yeah. I literally his emails he has he's been doing a daily email for I don't know how many years. Ten years? Every single day. Some are, some are long. Some are short. And literally, this is the only email I read every single time. Right. Every single time. If, if I don't have time to read it that day, I make sure I don't, you know, I don't mark it as red so it stays at the top of my inbox so I can come back to it the next day. Right. And his point is <clears throat> to publish. It's like when you stuff, when you get to the point, just, just ship your work. You know, don't don't keep polishing it, don't keep perfecting it, just ship it. Yeah. Get feedback and then ship it again. Get yeah. more feedback and then ship it again. Right. You know? I feel the same way. I mean, we talked about at the beginning of the podcast. Um, you know, I don't filter anything, I don't edit anything, I just put it out. Right. And I don't do a blog per se, but I do a you've probably seen it, I do a Dale's thoughts from the Zen Garden that I do occasionally. Uh, I've been Facebook. I've been seeing on Facebook your if I if I understand correctly, you're running every single day. 365 days consecutively is what I'm trying to do, yeah. There you go. So today will be day 31, as a matter of fact. I haven't done it yet. I got to do, <laughs> do it after this, yeah. I should have done it earlier, but I got busy, so. Yeah, and let's speak about that. I mean, um, how did you get into your love of running? Because you've been doing some half marathons here lately, right? And, and some marathons, full marathons. Full marathons. Yeah. Full marathons. How did you get into that? Well, I, I got into it through the local workout group, F3. Right. And I, I got sucked into that. They've been they've been dripping on me. Uh, Skip Williams and John Etheridge, who I see I, I'd see at Coastal Coffee Roasters almost every morning. And who, who started the F three? I mean, the local chapter here in Somerville. Do you local know? chapter was launched by we, by Wesley Donahue. Donahue. Okay, Wesley did. He brought it from uh, I think he was living in Columbia, and when he moved down here, he's like, we don't have it down here, so he you know put something on Facebook and spent some money on ads to you know get some interest going. I remember that Saturday morning because at our old house, we lived on North Hickory Street, and we would drive right by the the location of F3 at Doty Park okay. every Saturday morning on our way to the farmer's market. I remember that Saturday, there's a hundred guys at Doty Park doing jumping jacks. Wow. I'm like, what is, what is this? This is crazy. And it was over a year later... Before I finally jumped in, because, I mean, you know, uh, weight loss is 90% what you eat, 10% yeah. what you do. Yeah. If, if you are not eating right, I don't care how many miles you run. Yeah, you cannot run. You it. cannot outrun a Snickers bar. Yeah. You know, it takes it takes five miles to burn 40, 400 calories and 30 seconds to eat a king-size Snickers. Mm-hmm. That's twice as many calories. So, 
I'm like, no, no, I'm not, you know, I'm not interested in F3. I got the morning times, my time with my kids. But I was just, at some point, I was feeling so stressed out. And I thought, I need to do this, not because I wanted to lose weight, but I need the positive endorphins. I need that in my system. I need this in my, so, so I can get through a day. I jumped in, started with the boot camps, you know, push-ups, crunches, uh, squats, burpees, all this crazy nonsense that they have you do for 45 minutes. And then at some point I thought, you know what? I'm in, I'm in good enough physical shape. I think I might be able to run a half marathon. And that was it. Um, let's see, three and a half years ago, about this time, I registered for the Sweet Tea Half Marathon. I think it was their second year. Right. Yeah, I did the first one. And I uh, trained for it and had an absolute blast. I, I really trained for the half marathon and I did it in 156, I think. And then one of the guys who was running it after, he's like, hey, if you've done a half marathon right now, you're right on target for full marathon training sure. to hit the Charleston full in January. And I was like, that's awesome. Yeah. I was, yeah, why waste it? Done. Yeah, I've put in all this time so far. I'm just going to keep going and do a marathon. Check that off my list. Well, here's what they don't tell you, right? You run a half marathon. There's 500 other people running with you. Mm-hmm. There's a huge crowd at the finish line. Yay! You know, there's, there's bagels and you go to... Uh, Oak Road for a beer afterward or homegrown for a beer. Then the next Saturday, I'm like, oh my God. I wake up, like, now I have to run a half marathon plus a mile and a half in the cold, in the dark, all by myself. This ain't fun no more. But I stuck it out, ran my first full marathon uh, three years ago, and I haven't looked back. I just I just completed my third marathon, Charleston Marathon. Done it three years now, so I guess it's become a thing. I registered right. for the Charleston Marathon again just this past week. It was like fifty nine bucks. Yep, I'm registering. Yeah. That's, that's too cheap. Not that's to a good register. price. That's yeah. a really good price. So, yeah, I become I become a runner. Last year I hit a thousand miles. Um, I I had signed up, so it's not all sunshine and daisies. I'm not all that awesome. Because in May, I signed up for the, the thing. It's called Run the Gear. I was only about 200 miles behind. But only just. It sounds stupid using just in front of mileage like that. Yeah. But I'd been crushing it. I'd, I'd run 180 miles in January, 150 miles in February, almost 200 miles in March. I was on track with a little bit more work to hit the year in miles, 2018. Mm-hmm. So I started going after it. And then... Because of working in real estate with some some wonderful clients, I discovered the house that we live in now. Wasn't planning on it. Actually, no, I I take it back. Sorry, Jessica. I didn't find the house we live in now. My wife found the house we live in now. Yeah. Because I was working with these other clients, I'm like, hey, let's go check out this house that they didn't like, but it might work for us. And she's like, well, if we're looking in that price range with those parameters, let me do some searching. (laughs) He's like... How about these other these? Let's if we're gonna see that house, let's see these other four as well. And when we walked in the house where we live in Newington, it's like, oh my gosh, this is the house. Right. But let me tell you, being in real estate now for five years, and you know, over I don't know over 150 transactions so far. It's like I thought I knew what it was like. Thought, going through it myself. Oh my gosh, selling a house. With a family of six. Mm-mm-mm. No. Now, now, when I, now when I first sit down with the sell, I'm like, are you sure you want to sell? Yeah. Because this ain't going to be no fun. This is not fun. This is this is work. Yeah. It's a lot of back and it forth. It is stress. <clears throat> Keeping a house ready on the market is, is terrible when you have children. Hell yeah. I mean, it was ridiculous. I was so stressed out. So... I couldn't I couldn't devote the time to running while we were, had our house on the market to sell. And I, I got derailed by that, and then we moved. It's like, okay, I'm not going to give up, but I'm not going to beat myself up too much that I didn't hit my goal of 2018. I'm going to keep running and get to 1,000 and just you know keep running. Yeah. Instead, I tried to see where that was going, but I see it now. Yeah. yeah it's like I, I, couldn't, I couldn't hit my goal. We don't always hit our goals. Yeah. But even if you don't hit your goal, keep going. Keep working for it. That sort yeah. of thing. So I got 1,000 miles last year and ran my third marathon in January. 
and going to hit my fourth marathon this year in December. So, okay. any yeah. uh, other aspirations, athletic wise? I mean, the, you're looking at triathlons, ultra marathons, mm, anything you know, like I, that. I've or? thought of. Uh, I've done one ultra ish. I was on a six man team for the Palmetto 200 last year, okay. so I got 35 miles um, as part of, as my segments. Sure. But this year, my goal... Oh, Born to Run. I see that on your shelf. Oh, I love it. I love that book. Yeah. Listen to that book. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to run a marathon every day. Yeah. (laughs) Don't do that, folks. That's that's, that's probably... If you're listening to this, it's probably not a good idea for those of you listening. Yeah. That was back in my days. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I ran a lot of marathons, ultra marathons, triathlons. I was a big time runner back back in the day. I'm trying to get back to it. I've thought of... uh, I'm, I'm very interested in doing a triathlon. I'm mm-hmm. looking at the uh, sprint tri series that they have over on James Island. Yeah, I mean because honestly, great. you know, it's it's a 5k run. It's right. like a 12, 12 mile 12 ride. mile bike and, and it was 500, like 500 meter. Yeah, so swim. really, you know, riding a bike for 12 miles that's not that difficult. No, running a 5k that's that's not, not that, that difficult. difficult. You know, do some do some swim training and then just see what the transitions are like. We'll see. Yeah. As long as we don't sell our house again this year. Right. <laughs> but no, my, my goal this year is I want to hit a sub-20 5K. Okay. So my my PR is just under 21 minutes. Last year, I ran the, uh, I forget what it's called, but it's at the Air Force Base. You run on the, land, you run on the uh, tarmac. On the tarmac, yeah. yeah. You run out there. And yeah, I don't know what it's called either, but I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah, super flat, super cheap. Yeah. And it was great. I hit it in under 21. I'm like, okay, this year I want to get to the point. Because I can train for that with everything else I have going on. I I can't legitimately put the time in to train for a full triathlon like an Ironman. Right. Or trying to get to a sub four marathon at this point in my life. Yeah, it takes 100 miles a week. Right. Yeah. I, I don't have that type. I don't have that kind of time. Now... Getting in 25, 30, maybe 40 miles a week, that I can do. Yeah. But the big stuff, no. Yeah. So, sub 25K. <clears throat> My goal is to hit that at the Coco Cup. I've heard of that. What is that? Coco Cup. Oh, the Coco Cup. That is the best $35 Nike hoodie sweatshirt that you can get. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. a 5K over at Nexton. All right. And it's $35. And you get this amazing Nike hoodie sweatshirt. We've done it as a family now for, well, we've done it for three years. First year as a family. And literally, my son was the last person to cross the finish line. The cop car was behind him. Somebody has to be last. (laughs) Someone has to be last. Yeah. When you're four, running 5K is kind of a big deal. Yeah. So it was was not really running. It was walking, running, complaining, and then making cross the line. When does that happen? It's in uh, around December seventeenth. Okay, which is so cool because that's I think I think the first year we did it, it was the day before or the day after my wife and I's anniversary. So I was like, "Hey, happy anniversary! We're all going to run five k's of family." This past one, my son Phineas did it in thirty minutes. PR for him. That's fantastic. Yeah, great. He did a great job, and William ran it in like thirty-two. Uh, I got it in just under 30 because I wanted to make sure I got across the line in front of Finney so I get some video. This year, since they've done it two years in a row, like, okay, guys, you're on your own. You know what to do. You know, not worried about you getting lost or anything. Mm-hmm. I'm going to train, try and get to the front and see if I can crack the 20-minute barrier. Right. And maybe even come back and pick them up and run yeah. run those guys in, yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's my goal for this year. Nice. I'm going to have to look at that one. Oh, yeah. Now, it fills up fast. Okay. It fills up fast, so as soon as the registration opens, that's something to get on. When does that happen? Mm, I, I mean, you said December, so I would think six yeah. months ahead of time, something like that. Yeah, registration <clears throat> will open up in like, mm, not, I don't think it's six months, maybe like August. Right. August is when it'll open up. Yeah, I'm trying to get back into some running type events. I transitioned into Spartan races. That's mm-hmm. that's my big thing now. So um, actual running events, 5Ks, 10Ks, marathons, half marathons, whatever. I'm trying to get back into a couple of those things, but Spartan races where I'm, my interest lies. I haven't done any of those like obstacle course races yet. Right. You haven't done the Rugged Maniac here? No, I haven't. Yeah. It's fun. It's a good time. It's, uh, it's, yeah. a, it's a big, 
It really, I always tell people it helps to occupy the mind. So, you know, during a run, your mind is what the limiting factor is, mm-hmm. I think. I used to tell people all the time, it's, you know, running is 90% mental and the rest of it's in your head. I mean, it's, it's really, <laughs> it's really that. I mean, your body can do it. It's your mind that's the limiting factor. And the obstacle course races, what they do is they help to occupy that left, left side of your brain that, that tells mm-hmm. you you want to quit. And that I'm tells going to the you next obstacle. Right. Let's see what it is. You've got a whole bunch of shiny things to keep you occupied, you know, Mm -hmm. and and keep that brain going. So, Well, when you talk about the brain and running, when I I talk with someone who is new to running or deciding, like, trying to figure out, um, I think I want to run a half marathon, you know, anything longer than a 10K is is going to take time to train for that. Now, caveat, disclaimer, I'm not a running coach. I'm not an expert. Mm -hmm. But somehow I accidentally fell into this when I was training for my first run, the first run I did which was a half marathon and the app that I got on my phone it didn't pay any attention to mileage it only tracked time that's what it was when I trained for ultra marathon it was time on your feet exactly exactly because if you can run for two hours you can do a half marathon yeah if you can run for four hours you can do a full marathon right but when 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 first time runners think like oh my gosh I gotta run five miles they get hung. I mean, I got hung up on distance, mm-hmm. but thinking, you know what? I just have to run for an hour. It doesn't right. matter how far I go. Right. I'm just going to run out for 30 minutes, and my watch is going to beep, and I'm going to turn around. I'm going to run home. Yeah. And then my next long run is going to be 45 minutes, and then after you know an hour. So I always encourage, even even me. This is what I try and do: focus on time, because then I think I think the mental component is easier. Because you don't get like, it's like, oh my gosh, I have to run how many miles? It's like, no, it's not miles. It's like, how much time are you running? Right. Are you going to run an hour for your long run? Are you going to run an hour and a half or two hours? That's, that's the only running advice I have for folks. That's a good advice. Like when I used to train for ultra marathons, you know, the, you would have weekly miles during the week, uh, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Mm -hmm. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, whatever it would say, run two miles, five miles, you know. Um, fast, slow, fart leg, whatever all yeah. these terms are. And then the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, it was Saturday, run three and a half hours. Sunday, run four hours. And it was all just yeah. about time on your feet. And mm-hmm. that's and that's a lot easier to manage than mileage. You, you're not worried. You're not, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking it's for? Like, it's like you don't have to worry about you're not missing your goal. About, yeah, you're not stressing about it. You, you've got time. Once you meet right. that time, you're done. Yes, yeah, is that? Yeah. Whether it was like, oh 10 gosh. miles, 8 miles, 15 miles, whatever. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. if, if you're thinking like, oh my gosh, i got to run 20 miles this Saturday, I don't know how much time to budget for that. Yeah. Like, is it going to take me 3 hours, 3 and a half hours, 4 hours? Like, who cares? Right. Depending on the day, yeah. It could take that much yeah. difference in time. You know? Yeah. Whether it's whether it's the summertime, <laughs> you're, in, you're in Somerville, where right. it's 89% humidity. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah, so running, I've fallen in love with running. Phineas, my eight-year-old, he seems to really enjoy running. So he and I, I, I try and run with him. I just got back into running with him. So I try and run with him three times a week. My goal is Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, which reminds me that we didn't get to run today because he went to Edisto. Phineas, I'm sorry. Well, you still have... Uh, the day's not over. Yeah, however, you still have six hours. However, uh, bath, <laughs> bath time, bedtime starts in, in 13 minutes yeah. at my house. Right. We, we operate with the sun. Ooh, I didn't even notice your on-air sign. Yeah. I used to keep it downstairs. My roommate knew that I was doing a podcast up here, but now I, just, I brought it upstairs. Yeah. I love it. I love it. All right. And speaking of time, you know, we're at 57 minutes right now, so I know you allotted about an hour, and you just said you got some stuff to do with your kids, but um, one last thing. I love this. I'd like to say, yeah. or I'd like to ask, is uh, we, we've talked about all this running and triathlons and mm-hmm. marathons or whatever. So what's your diet like? What do you follow? I know the big thing right now is the keto. That's the big mm. buzzword right now. Do you have a, a specific diet that you follow? I don't. Not not currently. Okay. Um, at, at one point in my life, I was 240 pounds. Right. I remember seeing something about that. And then I, I lost 60 pounds with uh, the help of a health coach who was our midwife at the time when we were living in El Paso. And I'm pretty similar. I was I got up to 232 at one point when I retired from the military and, and lost 50 pounds. So. Yeah, there you go. So yeah. I was, but I, I never ran when I was when I was at my heaviest. I thought, oh, running and losing weight. People seem to think that's a thing. So I tried. Right. I'd run around my block. Doesn't my work. knees would hurt all week. Mm-hmm. I'm like, 
Uh-uh. Nope. This ain't happening. But I lost all the weight. Still wasn't involved. You know, didn't have an exercise routine. Then moved to Somerville. I was actually working as a health coach for a couple of years before I got into real estate. Um, the problem with going into real estate is now I, my before and after is not on my business card anymore. Okay. I mean, literally when I was working as a health coach, I would stress out like... I can't buy a Snickers bar. What if a client sees me eating a Snickers bar? I can't do that. Yeah. Now in real estate, like, it's not a thing. Yeah. But at the same time, they should see you eating a Snickers bar to know that that's real life. Yeah. Uh, So I've gained, gained, you know, about 20 of those pounds that I lost from 240 to 180. Now I'm back around 200, but I'm fine. I like running. I like where I am. I'm not unhappy. Mostly, I just, I try and eat more fruits and vegetables than I think I should. Okay. Honestly. It doesn't always work. But really in 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 American culture, if you're not consciously proactive about what you eat, you're going to gain weight. Mm-hmm. Ultimately. If you're not actively involved in the process of what you eat consciously, then then bad stuff is going to happen. Yeah. You have to be. Solid. Because there's just too many opportunities to eat a 2,000 calorie meal four times a day. It doesn't take much. Right. So, yeah, we. uh, So, your diet is just consciously looking at labels. Consciously looking at at labels. You know, I have a, you know, I have a thing of, uh, you know, the protein meal shake type thing. You know, it's like drink one of those for breakfast and then something small for lunch. Uh, every now and then, I'll be out in the you know out working with clients and have, you know, fifty fifty that I eat lunch at a restaurant or grab something while I'm out. Right, that's probably the, the biggest thing yeah. with the real estate around. I mean, you're right. eating on the go all the time. And I tell you what, everybody loves to take agents out. If your lenders love to give us food, people who work with us love to give us food. You know, like oh, you're in real estate. Well, you know, let me give you this and use my services. Yeah. Right. So yeah, there's there's junk food everywhere. But at home, my wife Jessica, she's amazing about cooking and being health conscious and making sure that the you know we're all eating our vegetables because everybody knows like on Saturdays, right? Saturdays are normal. We wake up, we either go to Coastal Coffee Roasters to get muffins or or a cinnamon roll or something. Ooh, those or, giant yeah, oh my cinnamon gosh, rolls. You know, it's as big as my head. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, recently, we've started a we started going to donut shops. For donuts, we've gone to Donut Connection over in Goose Creek. We went down to Duck Donuts last Saturday. I've never heard uh, of those. Oh, oh my gosh, Duck uh, Duck Donuts. They, it's you remember that place at the farmers market had the little donut machine that would make the little donuts. Yeah, and they'd yeah. Roll out exactly. on that little yeah, exactly river. It's or whatever. like that. <laughs> yeah. Only they're full size donuts made on demand. Okay. So you tell them like, yeah, I want this and I want this glaze and this topping and this sprinkle, and you watch them make it. Which is great for four children. They're just like, oh, this is great. Yeah. But they're like hot and soft and amazing. Hmm. But all of the kids know on Saturday morning, we wake up, everybody eats eggs for breakfast. <laughs> like, we, you don't get a treat. If, if you don't have your protein, yeah. we're not, you're not going to get your egg. I mean, if you don't eat your egg, you're not going to get your donut right. or your muffin or whatever it is, wherever we go. Yeah. So... Everybody knows. In fact, one of our babysitters was like, she, when she was giving us the report when my wife and I got home from whatever we were doing that day, she was like, yeah, um, I, I got, I brought out some sort of dessert that I brought. And Oliver, who I think was five at the time, says, okay, we can have that, but only after we get our carrots. Yeah. I'm like, yes. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> my kids are the same way. Yeah. So everybody knows in the family that, you know, Protein and vegetables are we have to eat that every day. You know, we you, you can you can get enough uh, grains and carbs without even thinking about it. Oh yeah. So we focus intentionally on what did you have this protein? What did you have this vegetable? No, ketchup does not count as a vegetable. No, <laughs> lots of sugars in there. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> All right. Well, that's good advice. Yeah, I like it. This this has been great. It's been good. I think you know time flew by. It's it. We're over an hour now. I'm, I'm, hour I'm, and three minutes. I'm grateful for your persistence in email. What was it? You emailed me yesterday. Like, so this going to happen yeah. or what's, what? What's going on? <laughs> like, yeah. What's the deal? Are we doing this? What's the plan? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, yes, I'll be there at five. And yeah. I think I was here at five eleven. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been fantastic. Um, we need to do it at your studio next time. You know, we're here in Craft Conversation Studio. What's only have, another nine months? Yeah, <laughs> nine months. <laughs> 
Do you have the name of a studio? I mean, what's your studio name? Um, it's it's just my office. I have just Yaden Studio. Just you know, my Yaden Studio. I have a similar setup, the desk mics, and I have a vertical standing desk that I clip everything onto, and I just plug my laptop in, and we just sit across the table and have a conversation. Right. You know. Awesome. Hopefully, there's no there's no little children screaming outside the windows. Yeah. Sometimes my sometimes my roommate's screaming outside the door. Yeah. <laughs> there's always some kind of weird noises in my in my video and my audio. But this is fantastic. Beer was great. Conversation was great. Awesome. Thank you, Brian. Anything else you want to add? Uh, the the, the parting piece of advice All that right. I would give listeners. Let's do like, it. Just start. Mm-hmm. Just start. You know, the Nike phrase, just do it, is cliche, but honestly, right. starting is the biggest thing. If right, you're, if you have if a you're, goal. You know, if you want to start a podcast, do it. All you need is a microphone. Yeah. If you want to start a blog, do it. All you need is fifteen ninety five to get the website through GoDaddy or Blue Gator, whoever. Right. Like, don't wait. Don't wait. You have You have a voice, and people need to hear it. Perfect advice. I like it. We'll end on that. Thanks, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Ciao.